The early sky rolled out like a quilt toward the west. That is where my story is. I crossed my Grand River and drove toward Little Rock, but it was congested and crowded, no room to think. So I left the interstate and proceeded with my familiar little road. As I drove through the grain and rice fields of eastern Arkansas, the crop rows slipped by like pages of a book. Out here there is space to converse with God and feel the Holy Spirit. When I left home, Dad told me the soil was turning to dust and the farmers needed rain. That morning I prayed for rain. I arrived at Pulaski Heights, scared out of my ever-loving mind, always conscious of the nearest exit route just in case. People were excited, but in that moment, honestly, I didn't know what to be excited for. This thing, this place, these people were new. I had no inkling of an idea what to anticipate. Nothing to hold on to with excitement. I said my little prayer for rain and walked into the first meeting. Very quickly, I found my place because very quickly I found my people. We were all united in our call to serve this summer out in the dry, hot Arkansas landscape. I also believe we were united in our fears as well. Building, leading, serving, new to each of us in some sort of way, I quickly learned the anticipation the state felt for us this year. The two years after a global pandemic could make a community dry and thirsty. During that training week, I was introduced to the beautiful system and mission of OMP. All my questions and concerns were answered, and I met some incredible people along the way. When I left Little Rock the 1st of June, I had something to hold on to. Excitement for a summer before me. I looked to God and prayed for rain. The night before my first mission week, I hardly slept. So when I woke up to the next day, tired and groggy, I hardly noticed the clouds in the western sky. I reached the ridge at Forest City and the entire heavens opened with a powerful shower. Rain came down sideways and I couldn't see but three feet ahead of me. The two-and-a-half-hour drive stretched to three-and-a-half that morning. I reckon the Spirit needed to converse with me a little longer that day. God sent a summer rain to cool off my anxiety and assure my soul. The same God who hears all my prayers for rain would be the same God to walk alongside me this summer. I was ready. North Little Rock wrote a beautiful story for me, and I am blessed for it to be my first OMP chapter. Each of us college staffers were given many construction-based projects to occupy our first week. I had three, an eight-foot ramp, porch steps, and posts, and a 40-foot ramp. I was nervous and really had no idea what to do, but my groups empowered and cared for me all week. Most of them had never experienced OMP either, so we bonded over the newness. I always like to sit down with my family groups before the day started and give them some encouraging words. Something I greatly pushed was to look at OMP like a potluck. One comes to a potluck with a dish and an empty plate. As we go out and serve this community and these neighbors, be open to the community and neighbors serving you as well. It removes this toxic savior complex many people adopt when doing mission work 
and opens up a space to build relationships. Well, one day, I got to experience the potluck. I had just sent out my groups and was ready to make my morning rounds. However, I received a call from my group way out of Marche that I forgot to give them their bucket of screws. Now, Marche is a small community that was 20 minutes away from the church and the closest other job sites. It was out of the way, and I certainly didn't want to waste time driving out there just to deliver the bucket of screws. But I had to. How could I expect them to do any work on that 40-foot ramp that day if they didn't have the materials to do so? I left for Marche. A 20-minute drive I spent most of yelling at myself about a careless mistake. I rolled into Miss Peggy's driveway just to drop the bucket off and leave. But a voice called out to me to stay. Miss Peggy. She had stepped out on the porch with a beautiful tray of fruit. I hesitated. I really had other things to do and places to go. And I could have gone. But I stayed. Walked over to her and grabbed a piece of deep red watermelon. I bit into the frozen fruit and had no idea that's what I needed. It quenched a thirst deep down in my soul I didn't even know was there. Miss Peggy then explained that she knew I was a busy person and had places to be and people to serve, but wanted to make sure I was fed this morning. Of course, I needed fuel if I wanted to have the energy for the day. That morning, I came to Miss Peggy's house with an open plate, and she fed me. We shared a meal together, a communion of watermelon and lemonade. She offered wise stories and witty humor that truly filled my soul, and I almost missed that. That morning in Marche, it rained, for I felt the spirit in a frozen piece of watermelon. The next week, we headed out to my stomping grounds. I arrived in Fayetteville, bursting with excitement. This place, so far away from my West Tennessee front porch, welcomes me back like a child every time. Here I am truly home. I decided to venture up to Mount Sequoia for a time of reflection and prayer. As I stood atop the mountain, gazing down to my fay town, spreading into all the nooks and crannies of the valley, I relived all the memories I've had here. I go to school here, I live here, I know here. But in that moment, a thin place between heaven and earth, I could sense a week of change unfolding in my town. I got up, the wind hit my face, and I smelled the rain. I was about to know my town even more. We stayed at a church on the east side of town. Living and learning in the center of town, I tend to forget Fayetteville stretches over the mountain on the other side, too. After getting our project assignments, I found out all of mine were in West Fayetteville. I forgot again that the town keeps on stretching over that mountain on that side, too. So every day, I left the church in the east, climbed one mountain, fell down the other side, climbed another mountain, and fell down that other side until I was in West Fayetteville. It was like a new town. I felt like a young, naive Jake in a brand new Fayetteville, just like the fall of 2020. I was embarrassed that I had gotten lost on my first workday, turned around in my own stomping grounds. It was a humbling experience to be exposed to new parts of my town. Reminding me of the deep complexities of place and people right under my nose. 
outstanding people like the Boggs family. Miss Aniston requested a wheelchair ramp. Seemed simple, just a short six-foot ramp that would only rise a mere six inches. But after climbing two mountains and hearing the quest from the family's voice, I realized the impact this would have. Three-year-old Aniston was about to get her first wheelchair. She has a severe case of cerebral palsy that will require her to use a wheelchair for mobility. This ramp would provide the necessary accessibility into her home everyone should possess. During that week, as we built the ramp, we heard stories from her mother about Aniston's extraordinary life the past three years. The love and care her family had poured out was truly beautiful to witness. And all these stories here in my town. After that week, I could claim all of my Fayetteville, Sequoia, UMC in the east, and the Boggs front porch in the west. The Fayetteville rain came down that week in the form of profound sonder as I became acutely aware of all the deep lives existing in the strangers that pass me every day. That week reminded me that I should still approach all my familiar places with the possibility that they stretch beyond the mountains I contain them in. My final week brought me back to the heights in Little Rock. Working all summer, I had little time to sit and reflect. As I entered the same church from the beginning of summer, I realized how much I'd changed. How could this have been the same place that frightened me the first day of work? It now welcomes me like a familiar friend. We were back at Pulaski Heights for OMP 101, a day camp focused on younger kids that still wanted to get involved with OMP. I had no expectations for the week, but I had learned to trust the Lord to send rain and guide me. The week brought higher energy and a change of pace. OMP 101 is structured differently from normal mission week, but the change of routine prevented me from burning out in a rut the very last week of my OMP summer. I'm thankful for that. Playing with the kids allowed me to lean more into my imagination and childlike faith. This reignited and reminded me about my passion for this work. The spirit was moving like a river that week. Towards the middle of our week, however, I received tragic news from the east side of the river. My home side. A dear sister and mentor in the church from my home district had been killed. A profound and strong woman of God who always taught the radical and powerful message of the gospel, a message of community justice and action. I had talked to her about what my summer was going to be in the spring and was planning on telling her about the many stories from the summer this fall. I was heartbroken. I was broken. In that moment, I felt a thousand miles away from the bluffs of Memphis and just wanted to go home. That night when I heard the news, I wept, but not alone. My team, my OMP family, hailed me and wept with me. They listened to me cry and tell stories about the soul of the incredible Reverend Dr. Artura Eason Williams. The next morning, I woke up and compartmentalized my emotions to carry out the duties of my job. The team still extended grace and patience to me that day, but I just didn't want to upset myself. 
I didn't pray for rain that morning, but the Lord still sent it. Throughout the day, I met many people that had somehow crossed paths with Artura sometime in their lives. We exchanged stories and sat in her memory. Artura would always stress to me the importance of connection and community, and that morning still guided me to meet more people in more places. She had prayed for rain that morning when I didn't have the strength to speak. The week ended, and we traveled south to Malvern to help our brothers and sisters there finish strong. Then after that, I drove home. In this reflection, I speak a lot about praying for rain. That prayer was my rock. It connected me back home to my small farming town and aligned my soul for growth. When I pray for rain, I'm not praying for water from the sky, but for a revival from the spirit. It was a simple phrase I could say when I truly didn't know how to pray for what I needed. Guidance, wisdom, discernment, strength. And those moments when some say God moments or God winks. I feel the spirit working and look to God and thank him for the rain. It could be 102 and bone dry, yet I'd still rejoice for the rain God sent. Miss Peggy, the Boggs family, the host churches, my shower houses, my leaders, my coworkers, my friends. This summer, thankfully, we had a lot of sunny days to go out and work and serve. But all summer long, it really rained. The growth and community I now have because of this OMP summer is undeniable. Thanks be to God for the rain. Amen.